Welcome to another edition of Cloud Unfiltered. I'm your host, Mike Chenitz. And today I have Loris from Sysdig. Welcome, Loris. Thank you. And thanks <laughs> for having me. <laughs> no, I've been, you know, this is one of the actual interviews that I've been looking so forward to because, you know, I feel like we've, got, you know, even though I don't know you that well, but we've met previously, yeah. I, I feel like, you know, I've been around some of the same technologies as you, you know, throughout the years and probably even used some of the stuff that you created that I didn't even know that you created. So it's, it's, it's just, it's a joy for me to have you on and like be able to chat about these things. You have essentially told me that you're old. Yes, I, I basically have. That's that's basically what I've done here. <laughs> so so you know what I really love to know is I, I I love to understand like these origin stories. There's always some kind of frustration that occurs that that somebody's like, all right, I don't want to take this anymore. You know, I I I I got to find a solution for this. So so where did all this come from, and where did where did you start? Let's start from the, when you were a baby. No, I'm just <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, at that point, it was very frustrated. Yes, uh, I was probably frustrated at that point too. <laughs> well, actually, uh, originally, it it was actually a, a, a frustration yeah. uh, because, uh, uh, well, uh, everything that we've done with uh, with Falco and also with Sysdig, you know, the company that that they founded it and that is the original creator of Falco comes from you know the inspiration of uh, um, many years before in particular when I was working on network packets I started working on network network packets and I was talking about the frustration because uh, when I was still at university in northern Italy at Politecnico di, di Torino the, our computer networking professor which then went to work for Cisco by the way <laughs> in, uh, in, in California wanted to put a uh, wanted every single student to have a network analyzer uh, a, a station where they could observe the traffic on the network because they believed and they strongly shared that believed that the best way to learn networks is by looking at them mm -hmm. problem is the network analyzer at that point were expensive commercial products and uh, we could not afford to have one uh, for every computer that we had in the, in, in the lab uh, and these computers were running windows so we started by uh, we started working on building a network analyzer for for Windows, and uh, uh, in particular, my graduation thesis was uh, a packet capture <coughs> library called WinPickup that would hook into the Windows kernel, Windows 2000 at that mm -hmm. point, and um, uh, be able to collect packets. That evolved into an open source tool that was called Ethereal, and then that was renamed to Wireshark in 2006 when I started my first company. And uh, that brought to, you know, like me to do a career of like 10 years in packet capture, high-speed packet capture, including my PhD and so on, uh, that uh, created sort of, allowed me to create the foundational technology that is still now at the core of, uh, of Falco and the many tools that, uh, that are doing runtime security in cloud native right now. Uh, now we're doing containers and, uh, and cloud uh, services and system calls and eBPF and all of this kind of stuff. But the philosophy is the same. We're capturing this data in a way that is as efficient as possible. We're parsing it. We're extracting in, in interesting insights. For example, Falco is a rule system that uh, parses packets, but what we do is still very much inspired by the stack in terms of architecture, performance, and so on. That's, a, I mean, that's amazing because, you know, I, I think I told you the story when we, when we met, but when, when I was at a company, I wanted to figure out like, 
it was it's very hard when you're in a big enterprise company to figure out where computers are plugged in and i was trying to solve that problem but in the desktop you really don't have information to the desktop to figure out where they are yeah. so i decided to use um I believe it was WinPCAP in order to create a little agent that would use uh, mm -hmm. LLDP and CDP and yeah. kind of sniff those packets to figure out where yeah. where they were plugged in. And so that my desktop people could go out and just say, oh, I know it's plugged in over here. Exactly. And and so I actually used that technology to to uh, to do that, not knowing that that was a creation of something that you did. But that's, <laughs> for example, one of the reasons why... Uh, open source and publicly available APIs are so important, right? Yeah. And that's why we're still doing it now uh, with, with, with Falco, because it really enables yeah. so many interesting little and big use cases, yeah. you know? And uh, I've always been blown away by the smart things that people are capable of doing when you put a, a technology in yeah. their hands, right? Yeah. So that's why we interpret it even, you know, like, Kubernetes security and runtime security for, for, for cloud native in a way that uh, uh, was, you know, open source first, which is quite a novelty. You know, if you think about that in the security space, typically, especially the instrumentation is the secret sauce, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that people uh, try to, you know, obfuscate as much as possible while uh, when you open it up, yeah. uh, make it public, make it open source, document it well so people can use them. That's then key. Yeah, exactly. Ah, yeah, absolutely, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, uh, it's always you know uh, more more time spent uh, yes. <laughs> documenting something than actually building it, uh, and and you need skills also for the documentation. But yeah. then it enables so much stuff. Uh, yeah, I totally agree, and, I, and I'm I'm an advocate of of open sourcing more and even open sourcing standards because you know there there are we I had this conversation with somebody in. Um, in, in my security team at my company the other day, and there's not really a good like scoring system for all all the different companies to agree on for like security scores and what leads up to that and things like that. Yeah. And if there was, then we can make it a lot easier for people to understand like what their current state is and where they need to go and all these kinds of things. If there was like an open standard for yeah. security scoring, you yeah, know, very much so. I mean, I'm part of this industry. <laughs> uh, I do open source with Falco. Yeah. Uh, I'm the founder of a company that has, uh, you know, a cloud security product. And it's pretty clear that, I mean, the end user just wants to understand, should I be worried about this or not? Absolutely. You know, and, and of course, you need to give this kind of information through yeah, a score, you know, but every single vendor yeah, has, a has, has a different way yeah. to communicate this, you know, yep. and this is why communities and agreeing on this kind of stuff are so interesting. And it seems trivial, maybe, you know, to do something like that, but it always unlocks, you know, then the next thing, you know, some, something, something very powerful. If you take the effort and yeah. spend the time to to focus on that. So you heard it. We're going to do that now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, but yeah, I mean, uh, there really needs to be more open standards. I mean, every time we've done something like that, it's proven to be a great effort. I mean, we look at like even things like Hotel and things like, you yeah. know. OPA. <laughs> yeah, OPA. And, yeah. you know, and, and every time we, we do it, then, then it, it, it becomes really powerful. So, yeah. you know, we just have to take the effort to do that more and more and then see what people do with it. Yeah, you know, and from from that point of view, I think that uh, Falco is also a little contribution to this because Falco is essentially. I mean, uh, let me just describe quickly for the audience. Yeah, yeah, Fal Falco is uh, uh, your 
security camera for your modern cloud, like cloud native containerized infrastructures, right? Yeah. So Falco is, is like a sensor mm-hmm. that collects this data. We were talking about EVPF and yep. so on. And uh, um, uh, applies policies, rules on top of this data. Let me give you some, some examples. With Falco, you can create a rule that uh, notifies you uh, whenever somebody executes a shell in a container or when somebody executes a process uh, that is not ready server inside uh, your Redis container, or when somebody modifies a system binary. Yep. Uh, these are just examples, you know? Yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, this is essentially built on collecting system data from the kernel of, of the operating system, and then uh, evaluating these rules against this data. The rule. Uh, system is from one point of view an engine that is able to apply these rules and and evaluate them but it's also sort of a way to specify uh, security conditions uh, in particular for modern environments so the Falco is specialized on Kubernetes containers cloud and so on and uh, it's powerful to just you know this kind of policies uh, embed important information and important intent that uh, of course is used by Falco specifically, but but it's something that is uh, driven and 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 given to the community, and uh, it's j- just becomes a generic way to to uh, specify these policies that then can be used in Falco, but also in other tools, right? Yeah. So that's that's why it's powerful, and then you have a community doing this. So instead yeah. of having just a single vendor which can cannot scale, you know, yeah, to anything, yeah. you have anybody in the world that con- contributes to one of these and can be used by everybody else. That's amazing. And, you know, the, the one thing I always think about is that, you know, things like Kubernetes are insecure out of the box. You know, you need to do put some work in to, to make this stuff actually secure. Um, then you have network layers. Then you have, you know, servers. All these things have all of these. And you have to be able to aggregate that policy yeah. somehow. And, you know, the, the, the hard part always becomes is that, first of all, uh, you know, the conversations we have lately is like, first of all, who's doing it? Because is it the de- is it the developer? Is it the DevOps? Is it security teams? Is it, you know, whose job is it now to do these things? Because it's so converged. Yeah. Um, and, and then also, how do you make it easy so that they really understand what these things are actually going to do? Yeah, <laughs> v- very much. Uh, uh, the complexity, uh, in fact, you know, you, 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 you said... Kubernetes is insecure by default. Uh, I, I I would say Kubernetes is is a complex, a very complex <laughs> piece of software. Yeah. And uh, and complexity always creates opportunities, you know, for for insecurity. Yes, absolutely. So uh, in general, modern software stacks have uh, uh, so many very very incredible features and enable us to be much more productive and to to write so much better software but in general the price that we typically pay is in complexity and as a consequence uh uh, in in security you know yeah and uh uh, a big effort uh, i was actually uh having a conversation this morning uh, about the fact that uh, uh even in the uh let's say Kubernetes ecosystem in the cloud native ecosystem, if you think about that, there are many really cool and powerful tools. Uh, there are tools uh, uh, f- like Falco for runtime security, there's vulnerability management, uh, there's a policy, we mentioned OPA before, yeah. for example, and so on. I still see quite a bit of fragmentation and uh, uh, 
figuring out and, and crafting your security stack for Kubernetes, for Cloud Native, mm -hmm. is still an art that requires quite a bit of craftsmanship and knowledge, Yes. right? So probably as a community, and I count myself, you know, in, as, as part of this, what, the next step, the next effort that we need to make is take all of these awesome tools and really sort of, you know, expose them to the users in a way that is much simpler. Yes. To enable absolutely. them and to and to just increase, you know, the baseline security. Yeah, and I, and I don't even stop at security there. I mean, I've I always have this conversation, but but you know, the 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 Cloud Native Foundation supports a lot of tools and and a lot of software. And there's there's so much which gives you a lot of capability, but there's also so much so that somebody that's new it's scary is scared. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, we've all evolved because we've been here since the beginning, and so things came out a little at a time. Yeah. We learned about yeah. it, we did more. But but you know, when you when you look at somebody that you think about somebody that's new to the ecosystem, how yeah. how would they even yeah. understand where to go or what where do to the, do? Where, where do I start? <laughs> yes, where do I even? I mean, it's so overwhelming. I just think about that yeah. all the time, and I really think there's two things. One is we need to create better standards for interlocking our software so that so that you know there there's certain ways to exchange that are a little bit easier that you can plug in modules and do things a little yeah. bit easier and and more standardized because everybody kind of does things in a little bit different yeah. way and 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 the other thing is is provide more education and documentation and and things on like okay well well, what does it really mean? What is your what is your intent? What do yeah. you what do you intend to do, and what's the problem you're solving? And here's what you should do if you're beginning, and here's how you can do if you're a little bit advanced and you need this. Yeah. You know, because people need like a roadmap, but there you know, CNCF does provide a landscape, but that's of the tools. Now we need to go a bit further and say, okay, well, this is how we can really help you to understand what type of things you need and how you would implement these things. I str <laughs> strongly agree, uh, and. Uh, I also wonder, as you say, that especially this understanding and explainability, if there is uh, potentially an opportunity for convergence with all of this uh, st stuff that we're hearing in the machine learning uh, yeah, and absolutely. AI and this kind absolutely. of stuff, right? Maybe there's there's an application and, and, the, and there's a way to, to have these two things converge. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I, that we, that's another conversation I had today. I had Alex Jones who created yeah. uh, Kubernetes GPT. Yeah. And you know we're talking about that that interchange of GPT and and how that's going to affect some of these products that we have and potentially like you know something like S bomb that is that that you could figure out pretty easily how GPT could potentially solve a lot of the problems that that we're having with that right now. Yeah. And you going know? and going to like my domain, so runtime security in particular yeah. with Falco. One thing that I realized uh, a few days ago is that that's another huge, huge advantage of uh, doing security through open source tools that are in the open, well-documented, yep. completely uh, readable <laughs> by a human or by a machine. Yep. Uh, GPT understands Falco rules already by default. That's you know awesome. Why? Because GPT has scraped <laughs> available, available yep. uh, documentation for the Falco syntax and available rules that are in the internet, mm. you know, created by people yeah. in, in, in Falco, Falco <laughs> maintainers and outside the Falco community. So automatically, <laughs> as a gift, you get, you know, an AI that is able to understand, like, your, your, your security product, you know, by, yeah. by making it open source and scrapable by the, by the AI. So if, if we needed another reason, you know, to, to do open source and to treat security as open, 
yeah. this, this is it, you yeah. know? Uh, well, that's that. I mean, I, I love what you've done with, with the whole, you know, environment and community that you've created. And, you know, not a lot of people don't understand the way to do open source correctly, though. That's that's the thing. Like a lot of companies think it's just it's a way to get them to their their product. And that's not really the way that's not that shouldn't be the intent of what you're trying to do. Like, I think out of the box, it should be you're creating this open source product but you're you know to the community for the purpose of the community and then you know you can have a it's it's perfectly fine to have a a, a production product i'm not i'm not dispelling that i think that's great but but you know when you're giving something to the community it's for the purpose of giving it to the community yeah. <laughs> uh, the way i see it is uh, open source is not a marketing strategy Exa that's it's, the way it's, I said, a, that's it's a I philosophy you know? exactly uh, yeah. you say it much more eloquently no 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 <laughs> it's, it's, it's just uh, uh, this is my second open source company yeah. and uh, I made mistakes yeah. I, did, I did some stuff right but uh, it's uh, and, 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 and you feel it you know I, I started multiple open source projects and now have, have a certain reach you know Warshak is one of them Warshak has tens of millions of users Falco Falco has many many users as well and uh, your community can tell it yeah uh, so it's not like you cannot fake it yeah you have to be authentic uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you you have to be authentic and you, and, and you have to really let it go you know and yeah. and, and accept that uh, uh, it's really something that is not yours anymore yes it is owned by by a community of people which also means like it's totally acceptable that uh, uh, like the Falco instrumentation is essentially used by everybody in the in industry now, open source and commercial. Yeah. And we have to welcome it, yes. you know? Uh, and I think there's advantages for everybody yeah. doing that, including us, you know? Yeah, uh, absolutely. But, but it needs to be explicit and, and sometimes also it's a, it's a brave step, you know, yeah. because it, it, sometimes it's scary. Yeah, it's, it's always scary. I uh, think it's always scary putting something out there. But <laughs> but but people people can can feel it, can feel when 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 you do it for real yeah. uh, and not just for marketing, and it's the only way to be successful in my opinion. Yeah, I, I absolutely I could not agree more. <laughs> so so you know we've we've gotten to we've gotten to this point now where where you know security is essential. For, for all of this uh, cloud native. And, and when I say that, this point, the reason why I say that is because the way that developers work is that they're, they're built for speed. They want to get an application out there as fast as possible. Yeah. And that goes against the grain of security, which yeah. says we want to make sure everything's secure first, but yes. that's an afterthought for yeah. most cloud native developers. They're first trying to figure out how to get their legacy into microservices yeah. and then figuring out how to compile those microservices and, and get them on the tool chain and then getting them into you know production. Yeah. And so, so how do we start to, I don't know if it's education or how do we start to make it so that people realize that this needs to be done, you know, yeah. earlier <laughs> yeah um and it's interesting because i mean i've been operating in this field uh, since essentially you know day day one of of of, of docker and kubernetes yeah. and uh it's it's been interesting to see the trend because for initially for a few years it was like uh, okay shift less security um uh, and also you know we're changing owners DevSecOps uh, uh, developers and operation people are going to take care of security. We don't need the security team anymore, you know? <laughs> like completely pivoting and security is only shift left. Yeah. Th that was the only buzzword, you know? <laughs> yep. And then, of course, 
it doesn't work. It doesn't work for several reasons. Yeah. That, you know, s- such an approach maybe works in, in, in a company with 10 people, sub-10 people, but in a real organization, there's still a, 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 a <laughs> very, very important function and reason to exist for the security team. You know, yeah. it's, it's something complex that requires uh, an incredible background and uh, uh, the security team is not going to disappear anytime soon. And, and, and now, you know, everybody realizes it. So now the question is, how do we make the teams work together? You know, yeah. and how do we make actually our software more secure? Uh, but at the same time, we retain the productivity. Of, uh, of, of, of the developers. And I think it's a mix, as always, you know, it's a mix of people and culture and being able to establish, you know, like the right uh, channels of communication and, uh, and, and guidelines and, pr- and, and procedures so that uh, the teams work well together. And technology, you know, technology can help us and, and tools can, can uh, help us. Uh, the, there are, uh, to give, We've, at SysDig, we've always thought quite a bit about this, this, this problem. And of course, you know, we're a company that sells security products. Yeah. So um, uh, the tool side is, is, is where, where, where we come from. And uh, there's really interesting stuff that, that can be done and that we do. For example, uh, one typical problem that everybody, uh, you know, de- developing mo- modern software has is uh, the... Uh, vulnerability sure. burnout you know yeah. uh, I, I'm spending my time essentially solving removing vulnerabilities is like whack-a-mole you know yeah. vulnerabilities in my software and my dependencies well it turns out that you can you can use a software like Falco that is a runtime software that specializes in, in runtime security to observe what is running in your infrastructure and determine okay you know this image has 100 vulnerabilities but only six of them have uh, actually been loaded in memory because the rest is maybe libraries that are part of the, the base image. They are oh, not no, really loaded yeah, by yeah. the software. So focus on those six because those six are the ones that are important for you. Yeah. We call this in use, you know? Yeah. And these are ways where technology can help you, you know, reduce your work, your friction, and so also your conflicts, you know, by essentially two magnitude orders. Th- those are the results that, that we see by applying this technology. This is an example, but uh, definitely, as always, you know, as technology evolves, uh, we find new and uh, creative and o- hopefully powerful ways to help people resolve this, ki- this, this kind of tension. Yeah, that, that's, that's, those are very good points. And, you know, the, the, the thing I always ask is, and obviously this is different for every company, is who's doing what these days? Like, is it in your mind or, or in what you've seen, is it security cares about still things in IT ops and the DevSecOps cares about DevOps and it just has a panel or or something that that's, that shows to the security team, do CISOs push down? I mean, where, where does everything lie in terms of like this kind of interaction between the teams? I don't think, <laughs> I, based on my uh, like uh, um, in interactions with, uh, with like s- stakeholders in this market, I don't think there's a pattern. I don't think we've figured out the, yeah, pa- the yeah. pattern yet. You know, I think as as an industry, as a community, we're still figuring it out. So I'm seeing, you know, uh, organizations where this is uh, more like segmented uh, structurally and in, in terms of like the tooling that that, that, that is used and so on. I see organizations where 
it's more like a, you know cohesive and fluid and uh, I, I, I don't see a definitive model yet I think that uh, a, a lot of these is also to do with the fact that uh, you know we, we've been uh, people like us have been in microservices and Kubernetes for a decade now and yeah. but but for many people this is still very new yeah. uh, there's still a lack of skills mm-hmm. and uh, uh, inability to hire fast enough to fill this role. So very often, uh, the way you set this up uh, has to take into account the kind of resources that you have, the legacy that you have, and so on. Sure. You know, and you you cannot go there and destroy everything and mm. uh, and 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 set something up for resources that, that you still don't have and you cannot hire fast, fast enough. You know. Yeah, I, I always have this debate because, you know, just thinking in my head, like, you know, when, when I was an IT director, I had, you know, the IT people really only cared about was to the VM level. That was it. Everything yeah. above that, whether it be Kubernetes yeah. and applications and all that kind of stuff, that was DevOps or yeah. developer. And as, But so, at the time, yeah. everything was very prescribed, yeah. right? And the yeah. stacks were very rigid. Yeah. What we want to do today with microservices is uh, uh, give much more much more freedom and elasticity sure. to people to do what they want, right? Yeah. So that kind of separation level <laughs> is not there enough, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we, we want uh, everybody to choose their own base operating system image, you yeah. know, with containers. Before it was like uh, our whole company, you know, of 20,000 people is just using this operating system, yep. rubber stamp on this version running on this CPU, and that's it, you know? There was this kind of consistency that uh, made this kind of stuff easier yeah, it yeah. also made us much less much more rigid much much yeah. le- less flexible but at the point there was this demarcation now now it's not like that anymore so uh, the developer has the freedom to choose the operating system they, they want but then they also have the responsibility to make sure there are no uh, like you know high CV vulnerabilities in the in the image, and so you need to help them yeah. doing this kind of stuff in a way that doesn't disrupt their their routine. Yeah, absolutely, and that's key. Actually, it's funny because you know I, I kid about this to, to to people when I when I was in product marketing, but the uh, you know the key to success for a lot of these products is that it doesn't significantly change the pipeline mm-hmm. so so if it significantly changes the pipeline then that's a no-go yeah exactly <laughs> so it's not gonna yeah, happen yeah. <laughs> i'm not installing it <laughs> i'm not installing it but you and the other thing is is i've learned is that people in general are very bad at visualizing things so you have to show them what it looks like in their environment like like if, if you know that people are always using github and always using and your tool fits in between here showcase that yeah because otherwise they won't be able to visualize what yeah. that's like yeah. um but but it, but i'm curious so do you do you see for these types of security tools the ones that are used for cloud native is that typically somebody that is either a developer or devops that is choosing that platform or does it still come from like the CISO or someone else or because to me i think it's more like bottoms up than 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 top down but even <laughs> Yeah, I think that for tools like Falco, yeah, um, that you know, Falco uh, typically needs to be deployed uh, at scale, you know, every, ev- everywhere in your cluster. So for a tool like that, I still see often in a bigger organization the security team to to yeah. drive it, you know, and uh, uh, I see more like uh, the the dev team or the ops team 
come maybe and uh, and uh, uh, learn about it, but then the decision to use the tool comes from the security team. Yeah. What's interesting is that then the ops team needs to oper- operationalize it, yeah, right? exactly. So it's like uh, the security team makes the decision, okay, this is, this is, we're doing runtime security and this is how we're doing it with an open source tool, Falco. And then, you know, uh, running Falco, uh, I was talking to a person last night, you know, mm-hmm. uh, during a party, during a beer, and uh, about, you know, running uh, Falco on 120,000 machines. What? Uh, and, uh, you know, it's not trivial yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. to, to run this kind of distributed software, uh, uh, checking, you know, the, the, the performance, uh, checking the, the correctness, uh, uh, make sure that you don't destroy your Kubernetes master mm-hmm. because Falcon needs to clear for metadata, all this kind of stuff, you know, yeah. requires uh, uh, quite amount of work. And t- typically, the ops team is, is, is the team that is doing this kind of work. So then... It's like almost like a, <laughs> a another element of tension, right? Because it's data that is used by the security team, but is oper- operationalized by by the ops. Yeah, yeah, which becomes really, really interesting, you know, because it's like, as I said, people are just trying to get that application out the door, and then like then the, then the security, they're like, well, we got to get this to prod. Yeah. So now yeah. there's there's a need exactly. for that security. Exactly, there's a complex uh, yeah. <laughs> project uh, involving. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's 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 you know, I, these are the things that I often think about, you know, <laughs> yeah. about, about how this is actually being done. But the the problem is is that so many organizations are so different, and you know, it's it's like you said, it's really hard to get a, a fingerprint on it, you know. To yeah, exactly. Out. <laughs> For sure, um, I'm uh, uh, seeing uh, from my vintage point an acceleration and yeah. all this kind of stuff. I feel like uh, that, uh, especially, let's say, COVID and post-COVID. Uh, has really accelerated just the use of cloud native, you know. I mean, software has become even more important and the transition to the cloud uh, yeah. and the, with all of the benefits and the use of cloud native software is, in my opinion, has become even more clear and we're seeing more and more people and even just in terms of a community, we've def- definitely seen a, an acceleration in uh, in our adoption and in t- just interest in, in what we're doing with runtime security. Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's all over the news. It's all over everything these days. You know, there's there's all kinds of you know um, vulnerabilities and hacks and everything popping up yeah. day after day. And now, you know, now there's GPT password tools that yeah. that, that will crack within 50, 50 seconds. Yeah, your, exactly. your your you know fifty percent of the words or some or fifty percent yeah. of the passwords or something like that. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. So things are just accelerating more and more. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. So. Um, well, thanks for coming on. Um, what? Where can people find you? Oh, wait. Before I ask that question, wait a minute. I forgot one. You're at KubeCon here. Um, what interests you? What's what's what are you finding interesting about? You know, any new technology? Anything that's on your mind these days that that interests you? Um, yeah. In in general, you know, uh, come from the security space, so. Uh, Runtime security, I think supply chain and everything that is happening in supply chain. We're talking about, you know, like lingua francas, <laughs> and uh, and I think in the in the supply chain too, you know, being able to have standards that describe, you know, what's inside our applications, what's inside the container, that then can be interchanged, you know, across different tools and used for different purposes, uh, is something that uh, is definitely seeing a, a nice pickup, uh, yeah. and, uh, and, uh, and 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 I find uh, and I, I find it to be pretty interested and and uh, in general you know uh, just it's uh, really cool to to just see the 
level of uh, excitement adoption just the number of people you know even just this cube con here you, yeah. you you can feel you know yeah. the, not not only the volume of people but uh, but the buzz the interest the relevance of the conversations you can feel you know this is maturing maturing quickly and uh, and and there's a lot of people that that are moving into this very quickly uh, <laughs> yeah absolutely and and you know we we see the same thing and you know we definitely um uh, agree with that that sentiment <laughs> yeah so where where can people find you and 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 uh you know see what you're doing and see see all the cool things you're doing Where's yeah the- i mean uh falco is at falco.org yeah uh it's a website it is uh you know uh everything that you need to get started with falco we have uh, a slack channel uh called falco and the kubernetes uh, in the kubernetes lag very active uh, all of our users and developers are there so it's a great place to start a conversation and without being shy you know uh, <laughs> ask questions um we of course have you know falco that is freely freely downloadable from from github uh, yeah. under under falco security in and GitHub. there's a nice little book that that tells you about falco there's a nice, nice little <laughs> book that i that, that i that i we published that, that i wrote last year so yeah, yeah uh, it's an o'reilly book that yep. can can be can be yeah. bought from from i uh, have a nice o'reilly. signed copy now it's great yeah fantastic <laughs> from, from the author from the author <laughs> and uh, but yeah you all of the links are available on the on the website And of course, you know, I work for Sysdig, Sysdig is sysdig.com, yeah, uh, yeah. and uh, there's all of the information about Well, this has products. been an absolute pleasure, and I've, I've really enjoyed the conversation, so thank Yeah, you me so too. Much. It's always great conversations <laughs> yeah, with you, so yeah, yeah, absolutely. very much. We'll have you back sometime, definitely. Oh, hopefully. I will be happy. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>